to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we check in with each other, discuss what's helped during these times, and discuss what's coming up next. I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Darlene, it's you. It is. My long lost podcasting partner. I know. It feels like it's been a while. Hasn't been that long, though. A couple no. of weeks. A couple of weeks. We So we finished the last short season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think many people can forgive us, perhaps, <laughs> for needing to take a bit of a pause uh, because of these uh, these times, as we say, you know? Yeah, we're, we're doing our maximum amount of podcasting <laughs> amongst uh, other things, among other things, which is, yeah, a favorite saying of mine. That's the name of your firm, <laughs> association, whatever you, you call ourselves. That's correct, yes. Mm-hmm. But we've had really good feedback on our, on our short season about starting a new thing. And interesting, some of the feedback has come from people who are very firmly in an established thing. And I, I think that... Uh, and not perhaps considering starting their own thing seriously. But I found that people's feedback was, this was helpful. This gave me some, you know, understanding of what it's about to consider. I think as well, it's not like you have to run out and start your own business to learn from or draw from some of the principles, right? Like it could be Mm -hmm. that you're an in-house counsel and you're like, you know what, I've always wanted to implement, you know, a more innovative way to do X. And I think a lot of those lessons are applicable to that sort of situation, or also like just kind of channeling how you lawyer, um, you know, in a way that would be more efficient and fits your uh, strengths and, and can ultimately become more fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, when I did a webinar recently, and I was talking about how in-house, um, certainly, you can you can sometimes just be facing inertia at the company when you say, look, I could do a much better job if we could do an upfront investment in some workflow rejigging, and I could be faster and we could improve the pipeline. And when legal is a cost center, sometimes those requests just aren't prioritized for whatever reason. And so in my webinar, I was saying that during the pandemic, that's created kind of a an excuse, if if nothing else, or um, a reason to bring it to the top of the pile, right? That stuff's things that we've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. but haven't had the support. So now I think is a is an opportunity if you look on the bright side. Yes, which we try to do. And um, speaking of looking on the bright side and opportunities, um, we've talked uh, a few times about what is helping us cope. Uh, I, I guess at one level, cope maybe ideally perform at a, a high level, despite all the challenges that um, have faced us and and all others uh, during the pandemic. Um, so we thought that we might be helpful to to check in again. I want to learn about Darlene, what's working for you. Maybe I can glean some tips that I can incorporate into my into my world, and uh, perhaps you from me and. Listener mm-hmm. from both of us, <laughs> ideally, because this is a podcast that people listen to. Mm-hmm. It would be sad if you leave and you think, I, I got no tips. Love tips. <laughs> Not even one tip there. Nothing that I related to. There's very little I love more than leaving something with a tip I can use. Love it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And right now it's really just consolidating and 
flowing with these things. I find that things that I was doing at the beginning of the pandemic were helpful for that time. They don't work now, you know, mm. or so there's been a real flow. But tell me about what what's your routine? I know you're big on routine. So what are you are doing we talking, to get through? So ideal morning, day? like if everything works as I want it to? Just what is the thing that makes Mike Anderson tick these days? Well, I can say this. I know um, I can feel how different my entire day goes if I don't have a like kind of intense physical activity. Hmm. Um, mainly I'm finding that's what I really need now. But I think it's so, so basically I, I've just found this great 20, 25 minute um, weight free in home workout routine that I just do almost di- daily, um, which is uh, the way I start my morning and things flow from that in a routinized way that sets me up for when I sit at my desk, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I feel, Mm -hmm. I feel at ease and I can like dive into the work without being, feel like I'm being pulled in a different way or feeling like I'm just not ready. Like it really kind of sets me up. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's some mornings where that's not possible. That doesn't happen. And I do, I think I tend to feel more scattered or, um, or I'm kind of fighting the day a little bit more if I don't do that. Right. Cuts down the noise too, right out of the beginning, right out of the gate, don't you find, with exercise in the morning? Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that exact phrase. I think that, you know, a couple um, episodes ago, my good was silence. And I've, you know, been trying to gather more about how our brains do in these types of times of uncertainty and um the the and you probably have thoughts on this but um building that mental reserve to be able to deal with these with with uncertainty and difficult times and keep focus i feel like so much of it is actually contingent on having silence in your life like in silence in your mind i was um last week my daughter and i did a spa night uh, which was fun, and we had oh avocado on our face and that stuff. Um, but there was a moment where we put That's the cucumbers great. on the eyes and we were lying down, and I was trying to walk her through, uh, kind of like a, uh, kind of like a meditation, um, guided meditation to the extent I can do that. Which that was my first attempt to do it for someone else. Um, but I did wind up. I think the thing that made more sense to her, uh, and really clicked with me, is I talked to her about um, cleaning out your mind. And just kind of resetting Hmm. your brain. And so allowing yourself to, you know, just clear everything that's kind of in your mind for the day and whatever. Um, And I was like, yeah, that that, you just everyone needs that. Everyone (laughs) needs to be able to do Mm -hmm. that, I think, to to deal with the uh, all the challenges that arise uh, during these times, whether they be health related, family related, work related or just personal issues. Yeah. Wow. So that's a bit of a ramble, I guess. But you're having spa nights. I mean, I think that's great. I it was also really a wonderful just, thing. it was a great way to fill 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. The eye on the I clock. recommended everybody. We, she decided on what she wanted to do. We made sure we had the supplies. We made the masks together. We did a foot bath, which was really easy to do. We had robes on, cut some cucumbers, <laughs> had some ice water, put on some music. It, and that was the... That was Fantastic. It, yeah. yeah. 
That's mm-hmm. so fun. And mm-hmm. she'll probably remember that too. That's one of those things that sticks out, I think, for kids. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, that's fun. Because they know it's out of the ordinary for you. They, they get a feel, I think. <laughs> no, I mean, no, actually, you I, tell me otherwise. I do that this routinely. Is thing. Actually, I, I had it already because it's just something I, I right. spend most, probably about four hours every afternoon doing that. <laughs> things are hard right the now. The cucumbers in particular. The days I only get two hours in of my spa time is, I really right. feel it, you know. Right. The yeah. secret's out. That's what it is. <laughs> Sorry, darling, I, I'm busy. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I can't do that file. I'm um, otherwise engaged. Yeah. Um, I have a, a funny thing on that topic of the time passing as parents right now. So um, my husband and I are always very aware of how many hours there are in a long day of weekend in particular. The weekends feel long right they now. They do. I, find. I have a theory on that too, but you continue and then I'll come. Yes, back. I would love to hear it. So uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, we used to spend our weekends going to various play parks and you know, it was just go, go, keep people engaged. And we had this thought that the kids need to be just, they need to have an activity all the time, a birthday party or like we were always on the go on the weekends. And since the pandemic has happened, obviously that's different. And recently, last weekend, we just drove out to the country and walked in a field, like literally a field with, it was kind of a path, but out by Guelph. And um, we had a great time, like a really great time. And we got back in the car and we were like, that was so fun. And my husband noticed, he's like, and three or four hours. <laughs> I'm like, I know we killed three or four hours and things in our standards have shifted so much that at the beginning of the pandemic, we thought we had to go and do a thing. And now we were literally walking around a field and being like, this is so fun. <laughs> so, yeah. For us, it was a real marker of how... I don't know, like your, your standards just change. But doesn't all this align? Like, I feel like it all aligns. We're yes, being forced to actually deal with ourselves in, mm-hmm. in our brains or as a family unit, right? <laughs> like the, gymna- yep. the distraction of gymnastics and getting there and all that, um, you know, kind of just allowed us to not have to do that stuff, right? Um, and now we're just like we are with ourselves also with our families we're just like okay like we gotta sit here with with (laughs) with each other you know and and in if there is a way that we can actually find something where we're all kind of in flow um that's a great experience right um Mm -hmm. and so uh, silver linings blah 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 (laughs) there's something to that well, sort of. And then big picture, right? Like I'm picturing other families doing kind of low key things. It's sort of like a, it's not just, it's like feeling a part of a bigger group of people that are all doing kind of less exciting things. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the same. My son was very, very interested in that Suez Canal boat. Like, so we, we talked an intense number of those hours about this boat. Mm -hmm. How are they going to get it out? Can we watch on YouTube and see if they get the boat out? Like it was a big deal. And so I was forced to think about it. And I kept just kind of having this thought like, huh, the whole world is focused on like turning the ship. Yeah. You know, like there was some sort of something very, I don't know, powerful. Well, also metaphorical because. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we're, t- we're trying to turn this freaking ship yeah. and there's all this big picture stuff happening where, you know, some people don't want to get vaccinated and don't want to wear masks because, you know, that's a problem for me. And like, isn't this just the essential challenge? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're all working on the boat. And anyway, deep 
things happening. But on that note, that's why you need the things like you're describing the daily routine to just process, I think just processing all the stuff that's in the air is necessary, then there's regular life, you know, I think the advantage as well is like, there is just such a lack of control that we all have major parts mm -hmm. of our lives that to the extent I think this is like helpful for your brain I mean to the extent you can control some things some predictable things provide yourself structure you know predictability um, that it, it will feed your brain and your mind in a helpful way and I know that the one of the things that I have found really useful speaking of metaphors and symbols is so this workout routine that I've done routinely it's 20 minutes a day it's not like I'm driving in the gym and doing an hour-long class and walking out, you know, covered in sweat and whatever. It's just 20 minutes in my office on a mat, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm seeing probably the best results I've ever seen um, mm -hmm. from doing that. And, and that's mm -hmm. just been a really interesting lesson for me because as we've talked about as well, like the mental game, you know, is the same. It's, you can't just all of a sudden go from zero to 100 when it comes to meditation or mindfulness or these other things that are helpful. Um, but, you know, little efforts every day can build into something that, um, you know, can get you somewhere where you weren't before. And so this kind of physical manifestation of that has also been a reminder to me of, uh, yeah, I got to keep up on the, the mental side because I could wind up in a similar place if I spend a similar amount of time and, and dedication on that as I do mm -hmm. to the physical side. Routine, discipline, freedom, <laughs> as Rachel Schiffer said. Yeah. Right? The routine is huge. I think there's a big, big component to just having a routine. I think that's, that's absolutely right. And that's why the weekends, okay. I think, feel long with kids. Because Man. you have such a lack of control. I, I mean, I, I don't get that time in in the morning you know with the kids it's just we're up right. at you know six and it's <laughs> it's a literal go it's time a long until time the bed hits seven. the pillow yeah and uh you know time. that's just a reality i don't know if anybody has a fix for that i mean at laura life pod on twitter let us know we'll be a <laughs> guest we'll feature fix? you we'll we'll do anything someone give us the fix <laughs> yeah the parenting is heavy on the mind right at the moment because okay. here our schools have just closed again with sort of an overnight notice and uh it just creates a level of chaos that i don't love in my life generally but <laughs> yeah you know to your point earlier you just have to roll with it you know you just have to kind of or I do, I don't know how other people are doing it, but I, I just kind of have this thought of like, okay, one foot in front of the other, you know, you yeah. have two choices, I can kind of, and I did fall in a little bit the other day of um, reading the news and sort of, I know I'm not in my best headspace when I'm kind of like, why aren't they doing this? And this oh, is the wait for my gripe. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, well, we'll just save that for the gripe then. <laughs> when I get gripey at all, yeah. I know something is wrong in my like, mental well, it's you good know, of you to of notice it, and it's important that when we have feelings that we vocalize <laughs> we them. We gripe about them. it actually is helpful and gets us out of that. If you're anxious and you say, I'm feeling anxious, your brain is actually moving away from the part of your brain that feels anxious to the part that processes and deals with and can move away from anxiety. So by griping, in a way, we're moving on from our gripes and, uh, and not stewing on them. Right. 
And I think the accountability too, just sort of saying, okay, you know, what's, what would I say if one of you guys said to me, I'm feeling anxious, I'd be like, get outside, mm -hmm. like, take a minute, put your pen down and don't try to power through. And I think for lawyers in particular, I have a long history of just trying to power through it. And then you do power through it. it I mean, it happens. But you still, I think the effect still happens, delayed or something. Or amplified, you know I mean? yeah. yeah. And I think the, the hard thing or, is it's yeah. that we don't really have, you know, in a economy for lawyers that's still based on time spent, you know, usually you might not have that time or flexibility in your role to hop out and go for a run. I think things are improving, but it's still um, a problem for the, for the profession. I need to be clear that it was a six-minute run. <laughs> Is that a run? Isn't that a sprint? Did you go for a sprint, Darlene? No, I, my running is uh, very short and abbreviated, but it, even that six minute, I mean, it's kind of like what you were saying about the 20 minute workout. It's not the, it's not the time spent, like I'm no mm -hmm. running hero. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the put on the shoes, take an action of self-care or self-preservation uh, yeah. or whatever yeah. the term is that you'd like to use and go and then you just do it. Anyway, that's been a little tiny thing that I've been doing. But the music has been huge for me. Okay. The last couple of months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, um, it's interesting. Uh, a fellow lawyer reached out to me and said, you talk about making mixtapes. Like, can you make me a playlist? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is the best request ever. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get out of the algorithm a bit in some of these music services and just kind of remember my own <laughs> things that I like and put them on a list. So a bit old school, right? Is this a thing old people do from your perspective? No, I'm constantly making a playlist. Okay, um, good. Music has been very important. And to your silence point, I find on my walk, I used to, there was a point in the pandemic when I was doing a lot of talking on the phone on my walks. And then there came a point where I was like, okay, no more talking. I'm just going to listen to music on this, on this walk. And that's been very peaceful for me and connecting to something, something from, I don't know, like a different time or I don't know, not really listening to new music on those walks. Yeah, I think also it, it goes to letting your brain focus on one single thing um, mm -hmm. that isn't like when I listen to a podcast, I'm engaging with that content, but then I'm also kind of processing it and, you know, putting it into my own life and blah, 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 blah. Yesterday, I just sat at my, for three and a half minutes, sat at my desk, listened to a song. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here and listen to this whole song. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's helpful to, to get to what we've been talking about this whole time of just like letting your brain simplify, focus on one thing, clean itself out a little bit. So you can then go on with <laughs> the multiple challenges that we all face. Um, so this was, yeah. this is good. I think we, wow, we covered a lot there. We covered a lot. Uh -huh. I have one other thing that I would say might be helpful mm. for people. Mm -hmm. A thing that I do is I sometimes just like, we have a lot of self-help style, uh, spiritual, like all kinds of different books around here, mm -hmm. which probably listeners of the pod know. And every now and then I will just go pick one off the shelf and just flip it open yeah. and see like what, what it's got in there. And today I flipped open a book and it's by Marianne Williamson. It's about, it's a book called The Gift of Change, which has been very influential in my life. And, you know, I, I pull it out when it's like, okay, it's a bit, that's enough change <laughs> for the moment. I try to roll with change and generally I'm fine with it, but you know, there's a lot right now. So she had a good quote that just jumped off the page. I'm going to share it on the pod for people in case it's helpful. She said, and this is helpful to me because I have been 
thinking a bit more negatively about the, you know, the government's response to COVID and all this stuff. So she says, at times I've caught myself saying negative things I don't even believe, giving in to a kind of mental self-indulgence that is the enemy of happiness. And I thought that was a really mm-hmm. great quote from that book, because it's like, if you spend half your day focusing on what's wrong, it's going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no two ways about it. It's like, yep, we could all sit around and talk about how much better this can be. I'm a huge offender of this sometimes, especially with political stuff. And I find that on the days where I'm like, yeah, but you know what's really great is these five things. Yep. And like forcing my brain to like make the turn, make the turn, focus on the gratitude is just uh, the thing. And it gets harder the more negativity, the more challenges, the less bandwidth. But that's the most... Like we're practicing basically in regular life to do it in the really hard times. So, you know, and we're super privileged in the scheme of things. And I find that, you know, a daily kind of reminder to myself about that is, uh, is necessary, you know, Mm -hmm. big time. Yep. Got to keep your energy high because if it, if we drop it, then yikes. Yeah, Mark Sakamoto, probably like two years ago from when we interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, You're either spiraling up or you're spiraling down. Mm -hmm. There is no standing still. Someone else said that. And I I have really taken both those comments to heart. Like you're either moving forwards or you're moving backwards or you're, you know, like you you aren't just in stasis or however you say that word. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what's going on. Well, good that your routines are helping you and... Um, I always like hearing, I I definitely don't think anyone that I've spoken to through the course of the pandemic has been like, yeah, I'm doing the exact same thing all the time. I I don't hear anybody doing that. I think we're all changing it up. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's maybe not in monthly chunks, but it definitely, yeah, it definitely has changed. And and even thinking back about past episodes and what I talked about, I was doing then. It's like, wow, I can't believe I was able to pull that off for for that Mm -hmm. period of time. And uh, yeah, just your capacity uh, changes. But, you know, um, always looking to improve to the extent we can or, you know, uh, deal to it. Ultimately, this is just about dealing with the difficulties that are in front of us. Um, So thanks for those tips in that chat, Darlene. Mm -hmm. Um, As always, we will return with our goods and our gripes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Okay. I can go first. I have a good. Okay. I've been having a lot of trouble finding podcasts that I feel like listening to. I don't know if this is just me or anyway, recommendations would be good. Um, But one that I've been listening to is, uh, I don't even know if I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I'm pretty obsessed with the Thai cave rescue. Um, yeah, they're making know, a movie the, about that, eh? They're making a movie. There's a podcast. There's going to be uh-huh. a book by the, one of the guys that uh, was a rescuer. And I just, I don't know, have I talked about this on the pod before? No. <laughs> oh, 
my God. Okay, so I'm claustrophobic, a lifelong claustrophobic person. And in my uh, travels in Southeast Asia, when my, my law school roommates and I both finished out our, three of us finished out our third year in Singapore. And we did a ton of traveling through <clears throat> the, the whole region. And we had these experiences where the big thing to do in Thailand is like go in caves. And I was like, you guys, literally, this is my nightmare. Like, this is not my thing. I do not go into caves. <laughs> Um, and they would, and it was great. And they were like, oh, don't worry, the tides won't come in. Everything's fine. I'm like, okay, I'll be in the boat. You all <laughs> enjoy your caves. So I've, I had a pre-existing relationship with Thai caves. And I just think it's so interesting that these, these boys, the whole world's attention was on them in this cave. And we were all rooting for them to get out. And there was a, it was really a miracle, that rescue, you know, like a true miracle to have 13 kids come out of there in those circumstances. And yeah, I, I think about it a lot. I've read everything about it. <laughs> I've read every article, I think, that's been written on it. Uh, Ron Howard is going to direct the movie. Um, so anyway, I think that if, if anyone hasn't been voraciously following this Thai cave rescue story, it is just an interesting one. So against the odds, it's a wondery podcast, six episodes short and uh, helpful. I mean, interesting to listen to. Okay. How about you? Do you have a good? I do. So um, just on the note of things that have been helpful, number one, I just want to say, so the the workout that I've done is this guy named Connor Sloan. He has a YouTube channel. It's called Train Like a Warrior. Wow. If anybody looking for a, like a workout just with body weight, he has a bunch of resources up there. He's great. And I've benefited greatly from his workout. So I want to call him out. I don't know him. I <laughs> We have a one-way relationship via YouTube. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Connor Sloan. Um, the other thing, actually, it's funny you mentioned podcasts because my other good was about podcasts. Uh, and it channels into something bigger than that. There's this um, Toronto-based podcast called Sportsfeld. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. Um, I don't think so. two guys that used to work in sports media. One actually is a actor that used to be on Degrassi. Um, and uh, they, it's just like, it's called Sportsfeld because it's about sports, but it's kind of not. You know, it's a sports podcast about nothing, um, which I think is clever. They've done it for a number of years, but they end every episode, and they have done for the, all those years. I think it's like seven, eight years. Uh, every episode, their final segment, instead of Goods and Gripes, is called Sad or Not Sad. Um, and they hmm. talk very openly about their mental health, things they're going through in their life. Um, and I think it's just really beneficial, especially in the context of sports media, to have that conversation. And in these times, you know, <clears throat> guys don't often outwardly channel their feelings, especially that openly. So I think they just set a great example. And on that note, um, this is going to be a, a couple of days outdated by the time we post it. But last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs goalie, Jack Campbell, basically cried on television because he's he's doing really well, but he had a tough go to get to where he is. And I just think that the more that's modeled by people like professional athletes or people that speak about sports for guys, especially younger guys, I think that is a good thing. So that is my good, especially in the context of these times. I love it. Yep. Needs, yeah. to, needs to happen. It goes against the whole toxic masculinity thing and all that. Yeah. And they, it's also like they, you know, it's, it's, it's about sports, but they also acknowledge privilege. Like it's a, it's a new version of sports talk, which I think is 
uh, necessary because <laughs> that is a, a minefield um, of problems otherwise. Um, good. Okay. Grapes? Grape? Yeah. Oh, me first? Sure. sure. Um, I would say a gripe that I've come kind of face to face with through this pod, uh, through this pandemic time is just the pressure we put on our kids to excel at everything. Um, and it's been really interesting. I think that that's generally just a gripe, just this idea that if your kid's not, um, Olympic level by age eight, all is lost. (laughs) And I don't know if that's just a group of people that I move in or what the, uh, what the issue is, but I do think there's a, an inordinate amount of pressure on a lot of kids. And I just have to, I noticed it yesterday because, um, my son and my daughter and I yesterday were doing a little online music class thing. And my son suggested that we could be a band, the three of us, and gave us each an instrument. He's like, okay, we're a band now. And I'm like, great. And then we started our music and he's like, what an awful racket. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's just terrible, but also great because we're trying hard. And then we just kind of had like, you know, fun. And obviously we're not trying to be a band and all that. But I just, I've been trying to really bring home this idea of you're good you know, you're figuring out who you are and what you're going to do. And I just, uh, the pandemic has brought that more front and center for me. But I think that would be a good in life. You know, I think it's, it might be true that you will excel in the sort of traditional ways if you're hardcore from day one. But I don't know, I think it kind of edges out the kids ability to just be who they are and for us to see who they are as they go on. Like, we don't know. I don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, it's a, I no mean, it's kind of like a uh, all eggs in one basket approach. If you're just expecting your kid to be the best X, you know, um, and it can have, I think, a lot of negative consequences. But if instead, like your goal is I want to raise a child with emotional intelligence, you know, that is a better predictor of success. So if you want like the best shot at your kid, you know, having a fulfilling life, something like that would be more probably a better investment of your time than horse racing best person or whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah. It just, it. it just always strikes me as like, so um, like just the, the very idea that I know, like the thing for him or her oh yeah, no way. is like so intimidating to me. I mean, you know, I think if I see a glimmer of something that's an interest that's authentic, then I'll obviously help them explore it. But my goodness. Anyway, that's been a bit of a, I don't know if it's a gripe per se, as much as an observation. But anyway, how about you? Uh, I don't want to go off here, but let me just say. (laughs) You rarely go off. I'm fine with it. Listeners, we're fine with Mike going off. (laughs) Right now and then take action. Yeah, right now I understand that those who uh, lead our governments uh, <laughs> have been working for a long time on trying to get stuff right. My gripe is just get the easy stuff right. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, just please, because <laughs> right now we're all, obviously our lives are so affected by what our leaders do. I, I think at this point, um, the problem is we're all fatigued. Um, and when you're fatigued, you, you know, aren't your best self. Um, and it's quite easy to get into that negative spiral that you mentioned before, when you look at some decisions that are made and just be like, what is happening? Like this just is Mm -hmm. a mess and it's hard to continue to have faith in the decisions that are being made and comply and so on when 
the easy low hanging fruit is seems to be problematic. So um, I, I, I that my, that's my gripe is just like I, I'm I want I want us all to get through this as best we can, and it's frustrating to see um, obstacles set for people. That, that shouldn't be there, I feel. I don't know if I'm being clear. I'm trying to speak in summary and vaguely, I guess. <laughs> so I don't... What you're pointing out too, like yeah. do the easy stuff, I think would be so much easier if there was a real uh, almost diversity of thought in our government in a way that there isn't right now. Like there just isn't. You know, are there enough fam- people whose family have nine... Um, nine multi-generational people, some of whom are working outside the workforce and living in an apartment together. Are, there, are they in, in the government? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that just the lack of empathy or understanding of what it is, even for small business owners to like open and shut, open and shut, open and shut, buy plexiglass, put plexiglass away. <laughs> like these are big things. Um, and I, I think they understand it in the abstract, but I always find that even in law, the better I understand the experience of my clients, the better I can give advice. So I think, um, you know, it's it's vent-worthy, but the thing that I've been taking from it as I try to take my vent and make it positive um, is, you know, it's a real demonstration of why we need to be so focused on getting different, different perspectives into power, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I I would like to say I think that's the first time you brought up a true uh, Ven political gripe, and I I support <laughs> I support mm-hmm. us talking about more politics. I mean, it's the thing that's then. just staring us all in the face. It right is. Now. Like, it would be weird not, to like, not have oh. a small gripe and then try to try to use our tools on it and make it uh, not the enemy of our happiness. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to my routinized. Sunniness. control in the spaces of my home <laughs> i can control what's in this home I can control kind of. what's in front of you not really ish. yeah except yeah. when the toddler walks through and then it's like oh man no control we can wrap up there i've had a double grape yep. <laughs> you've had a political <laughs> grape um all yeah. good it was really nice to uh podcast again and we're gonna get back on our regular regularly scheduled season starting mm-hmm. shortly yeah okay it's a plan Well, until then, we will talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.